you're a female founder of a tech startup, yet you still feel like an outsider? In a world that is run by Silicon Valley, how do we, women entrepreneurs, create the businesses that change the future while overcoming the barriers of the tech industry? This show cuts through it all and is your guide in exploring tech confidently as you become the best founder you can be. I'm Maxine Kramer, founder and CEO of Menenia, where we want you to own technology and change the world. We fast track bold and impactful women into the world of startups by making tech as simple as everyday English. This means no more overwhelming jargon and instead having the tech literacy to funnel your big ambition into a resounding success. This is Cutting Through Tech. Are you a female founder in tech and thinking about raising VC funds? Then this episode and this series is for you. Welcome to Cutting Through Tech. I'm Maxime and I am stoked today to introduce to you a series that we've been working on quite a while behind the scenes here at Menenia, which is all about female founded businesses and venture capital. Now, let's get the bad news out of the way straight away. So Harvard Business Review released this article, but they are they are crunch-based numbers, and I'll link the article for you in the show notes as well, where last year, 2020, only 2.3% of the capital invested through VC firms and so on went to female-founded businesses. You heard that, right? 2.3% which is, you know, let's face it, just astronomically low. And what really bugs me reading about that is, you know, you see these reports year in, year out, it's 2.8, it's 2.3, it's, you know, always a low number, but it always gets reported on. And we are still no closer to understanding truly why. Now, I don't have the answer. And probably a lot of the people I've been talking to on this this series that you'll hear of over the next coming few weeks also don't necessarily have the answer, but I am hoping to start this conversation and open up the thinking around it and see what's leading to this number, what we can do about that. And most importantly, if you're listening as a female founder in tech, what are some of the things you need to know before you walk into that boardroom and do your pitch to maximize your chances of getting that capital secured for your business? Today, I just really want to talk you through some of my thoughts and perspectives on this before we start hearing from others in the next few episodes. I'll be interviewing some fantastic people, angel investors, founders of investment firms, people with years and years of experience in this field to share their thoughts, which that's just information that, that if I'm honest, I can't give you. But today I want to talk about some of my thoughts about this as well, because You know, what bugs me about that number, let's start there, right, is 2.3%. Now, that would be fine if only, say, a few percent of people applying for funding were women. But do we even know that? Like, how many women are knocking on doors asking to raise capital? And some people would say, indeed, not that many. Uh, And it's a pipeline issue, right? We are just not getting enough female founders who are raising funds. Now, funnily enough, I don't think that's entirely true because I'm in business purely because there are so many female founders trying to get into tech. If it's the case, right, that not enough make it 
to the front door of a investment firm. What's happening along the way? Where are the barriers there? You know, one of my hypotheses in this field is that it has to do with tech and the language of tech and, and how inclusive or introducing and welcoming the, the tech industry is, which is obviously why I have tech literacy and, you know, this entire aspect uh, that, I, that I teach on. But also that percentage, right, that 2.3% is of the total sum invested. So could it then also be that women are just not asking for large enough deal sizes? From what I've heard from everyone so far, this doesn't completely seem to be the case. But it could be something that you want to consider if you're starting to put together, okay, what's the amount that I'm looking to raise? And to make sure that you're not asking for too little, but the right, the right amount and compare it to similar stages of businesses that are where you are right now. Another thing then that I think about is, is it about networks? You know, do women not know enough other women or people who are connected with people who are connected with the right people at investment firms? Is it that it's much harder for women to raise funds in that initial phase? Because I think also there is a misunderstanding that as soon as you have an idea, the next step is to raise funds, venture capital funds, because that's actually a step that comes a bit later in the process. To create your initial MVP or your initial bit of traction, yes, that costs money, but that's often money that comes from a different source, whether that's you yourself, your savings or investment from angels. You know, there's so many ways of doing that. Oftentimes you'll see that VC firms don't get involved in that kind of pre-seed round, if you will. Is it then that there is a misunderstanding at that stage of like, I've got this idea, I'm trying to get this off the ground. Now, where do I start? This is something I'll be dedicating a whole episode to, as well as the concept of, should you even raise venture capital? Like, what are the different models that are well suited to that? And also what's the cost or the exchange that you're handing in there uh, when it comes to raising, raising capital? Because there is a trade-off and oftentimes it can be absolutely the right decision for you and your business. But at times there are also people who actively choose not to do that. You'll see this as well when you listen to an episode later this month with Dune Roshin and why she's looking to actively not raise investment just yet. And then there's obviously the question about bias, right? Is there this unconscious bias that we just can't get through? And if so, what's causing that bias to to set off, if you will? Now, that sounds like it's quote unquote your fault, which it of course absolutely isn't. And I really want to make that clear. It's just, you know, from my own experience as a mixed race woman, to be honest, there I've noticed that there are environment, situations, times, actions, words, and so on that can somehow trigger that unconscious bias more than other times. And whilst you obviously don't want to modify how you are, what you do, what you say too much to try and avoid triggering those biases, I do find it really helpful and quite frankly, powerful information to have so that if I need to, at least I can affect the outcome in the most positive way possible. And, you know, at the end of the day, unconscious bias is unconscious, right? And this is why we try and have these conversations and why we try and make lasting and effective change in the long run. But if these things are around us right now, we, we are going to have to come up with a game plan for them. 
What I find interesting as well is then is, is the bias towards the product idea, the business idea or the market, or is it the founder themselves? We all probably have heard of the study around, I think, was it Harvey and Henrietta? Is the same person and exact same CV accomplishments and everything. And all they did was change the name from a male name to a female name. And then interviewed a host of people who've read the bio and accomplishments of that person and asked them basically about what their perception was of this person. And, you know, the woman was cutthroat and uh, seemed difficult and not great to work for and, you know, pushy and bossy and all of those negative things. Whereas, of course, the man <laughs> was a leader and, you know, someone who was really inspiring and strong willed and someone they'd love to work for. You know, I'm paraphrasing here, but you get the gist. And what's interesting about it still in this context, because that was in a more corporate uh, context, but even in this context, right, is that it's the leader that you believe in often when you're choosing to invest, right? Because business ideas can pivot and so on. But ultimately, it's the founding team that you hope stays fairly consistent in the journey. And they're the ones that you're signing a contract with. So the belief of the investor and the perspective of the investor on the founder is crucial in in this exchange and in this conversation. And so if there is unconscious bias there, you know, that's going to be tricky. And how do we navigate that? So it's not easy getting to the bottom of that 2.3%, but I think someone needs to. We need to start having this conversation. And like I said, I ultimately just want you to be armed with as much information as possible so you can decide whether investment is for you or not and if so what are different ways you can go about it what are some of the fundamentals you want to have in place before you start reaching out to investors and what that successful process looks like if you have any questions about this or you want me to ask particular questions you want to hear from the investors and see what they have to say about your you know, your thoughts and your questions, do email me on maxime at cuttingthroughtech.com. It'd be an absolute pleasure to do that on your behalf. And yeah, stay tuned. We are dropping episodes on this mini series every Thursday, in addition to the normal schedule of the podcast. You'll be hearing from numerous investors and I'll be doing a few shows on top of that, exploring certain topics in more depth. Lastly, I also want to mention that I run this program called Tech Literacy. So if the language of tech has been one of your biggest barriers and you felt like, you know, I don't speak this language, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm not getting access to the technical expertise that I need, that my business needs. And I've done some accelerators, I've done incubators, I get the whole product market fit part. But now how do I actually get it developed? How do I work with people? How do I hire the right team? this program could be for you. So check it out on techliteracy.net. As you hear this, we are just launching the September cohort, but there's a next cohort coming soon. So if you'd like to be part of that, feel free to have a chat with me. So feels heavy, doesn't it? This 2.3%. I keep going back and forth on this. I feel a certain level of doom (laughs) with it, but at the same time, hopeful, you know, because In a bizarre way, it means you can also leverage that number and try and stand out in the best possible way. And I hope this series inspires you to just do exactly that. So with all that, 
I hope to see you tuned back in for this series over the next coming few weeks. Have a fab day. See you next time. Thank you.